Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, where adventure begins. Check out their website at gamersinlehigh.com. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. All right, we are live here at Fantasy Con's Film Quest. No, no, excuse me, not Fantasy Con, Film Quest. I'm sorry. Look at that. I've already messed up in the very beginning. So, uh, no, we are here at Film Quest Film Festival. Uh, that's uh, being at, oh, we're, Jordan Commons. Yep. This is so weird. This is my old high school. So I'm completely <laughs> twisted around. So, uh, yeah, we're, we've got Jonathan Martin here, which is the... You're the director, coordinator. Who are, exactly are you with the Film Quest? I am Film the... Well, thank you, first of all, for having me. Yes. Here. Thank you very much. Uh, I am the director, founder of Film Quest Festival. And, uh, excuse me, frog in the throat there. And uh, it just kind of uh, fell into my lap. And so that's what yes. I do. I, I, I program, I judge, I direct, I organize, I do what you do for something like this. Nice. Yeah, yeah. He's a one-man so, show. Yeah, I'm like a Morton Joe, you know, and so I have things running around, and, and then, you know, I chase them down in the desert if I need to. And you guys have one of the, probably the coolest awards ever, well, thank ever. created. Thank you. We have it actually in the other room. I'll have to bring it yeah. out. So come out and touch it. It's real. Ooh. Yeah, yeah I, it's real. You know, I, I've talked to my friends about this several times, and, you know, the Oscar which is supposed to be really cool in the Golden Globes. They're kind of boring <laughs> compared to yeah. your guys' award. I mean, that thing is... Well, thank you. It's a weapon, first off, because it's very sharp. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, you could take someone's eye out very mm-hmm. easily. And it's just awesome. Yeah. I mean, Cthulhu. Who doesn't want Cthulhu sitting on their mantle? That's right. It's an epic shelf yeah. <laughs> for sure. He will no. invade your dreams. I have nothing against naked men in general, you know, but... I'd rather have a Cthulhu statue than some faceless demon staring at me. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's yeah. not wearing any clothes or anything. Yeah. Demon with a face. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Very nice. I think he's got like a slight smile maybe in there, you know. But, you know, Cthulhu, yeah, he'll just peck your eyes out. Yeah. yeah. Make you, you go insane. Yeah. That's what you want from your award, really. Yeah. To go insane? Yeah. Well. To make another one? <laughs> oh, i got to make another one. To get another award. Yeah. Now i got two of them. Yeah. I told Daniel last week, I said, I think that's why there's so many people in the film festival. Once they saw the award, they were like, I've got to have this. I think this that's is been, the award. Yeah, I think that's a contributing factor. I think that helps a lot for people wanting to submit their films to the festival. Yeah. I think that helps for them wanting to get involved. And uh, they are on a quest for Cthulhu. They are. So 
how many entries did you receive for FilmQuest this year? We got, so we also hold a screenplay competition as well. And so all in all, with films and screenplays, we had 1,252. Holy cow. Yeah, so that's a lot. That is. Now, how many did you guys have last year? Uh, Well, we only had about four months to put together the festival and all that. And we had about 500. So you guys have more than doubled. Yeah, yeah, like uh, like 250% growth in like the year. And and for a second-year festival, that's really, really rare. For a Utah film festival, that's pretty much unheard of if you're not Sundance or Sundance. And and as far as genre festivals go, I think this – I don't – because I don't get all the numbers and all that. I kind of gauge off the numbers I do know. I mean, I think – not even genre. I think of all the festivals in the world, I think we're in like the top 10% of submissions. Wow. Oh, wow. And I think for genre festivals, uh, again, who knows how accurate that is, but I'm pretty sure that's accurate based off what I know. And um, But I think for genre festivals, I mean, we've got to be, I'm not going to say we're top five or even top 10, but we've got to be top 20, you know, right. top 25 at least, at least. So, um, and I think it's because we're so much broader. We're not just centered on horror we're not just focused on sci-fi oftentimes you see these type of festivals and you're just kind of like i get it it's cool it's really cool but like you're kind of like limiting yourself if you're going to feature genre yeah you know programming like why don't you show some animated stuff why don't you show some uh sci-fi why don't you show something from the beyond that doesn't quite fit into all the realms you know and so that's kind of what we do i'll tell you johnny when we were done with our fan film over at the uh, celebration film festival we're like okay that's it that's, uh, that's the last big festival we're getting this into and then you're, you Oh, sorry. For some reason, you're cutting out there. Oh, but keep talking. Keep talking. <laughs> yes. me. I love your, uh, try to keep your yeah. finger off that. I think that's what's wiggling it. Okay, yeah. gotcha. There you go. Now try it. Okay. You're not cutting out. Sure. Hey. It is yeah. awesome that you have a fan yeah. film genre for all of us that want to contribute to our favorite franchise. Well, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, broken Souls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, did you, did you submit? <laughs> Uh, did you? Did that happen? Yeah. Drunk messaging 2 a.m. Things that Did you say something like that? <laughs> did you say something to me? Yes, no, uh, Jared here, he's got, he does have Knights of the Old Republic Broken Souls playing at Film Quest in the fan film category. It is nominated for Best Fan Film, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I feel like we just got dropped right here. That's awesome. That just went down. And uh, basically, uh, yeah, no, we do, do. We do celebrate fan films. I'm not 100% sure how that's going to work in the future. I'll be honest. Uh, if you want to glean into the future, we just don't get enough. Just nobody's submitting fan films. Let's be yeah. honest. Like it's even at conventions, you don't see that many yeah. of them. And oh, so because we threaten their lives. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that 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 goes those, down. It's like you will see my fan film. Uh, those but, lightsabers are real. Yeah, yeah. And I think what happens is, uh, so I think we'll still have a place for fan film, but I think we might just have it just, just if you got a fan film, we want you to submit it, but just submit it as a general short. I think we'll be nice. in the future. Um, but, you know, we'll still find a way to celebrate them as well. So uh, as far as that goes. so In short, just having so many genres to include so many filmmakers is nothing short of incredible because so many people can be involved for the first time in one film festival rather yeah. than having to pick and choose which film yeah. festivals they belong in. Yeah, and we do commercials. We do music videos. We wow. do animated films. Obviously, wow. we do student films. On uh, Sunday morning, we're playing a lot of what we call youth in film uh, block where it's actually a lot of high schoolers that did films. And we try to celebrate that. We want to nurture people and really give them their taste of the film festival experience with professionals to be respected like the rest. And... I mean, yeah, I mean, some of those, they're obviously lacking maybe the funds, maybe they're, la- they're obviously lacking the experience, 
but that doesn't we shouldn't exclude them in that way either. We should really try to nurture them because what's the thing that's going to nurture them and help them grow more than any is helping them by selecting them and giving them that. Now, that doesn't mean we're taking 30 of these. But, you know, we take a handful about of about five, six, maybe seven high schooler-related uh, films uh, that made them in high school. And so, and so we even added a category this year called the Best Youth Film category. Won't get a Cthulhu Award. Um, just wasn't enough submissions to justify that because each of those awards do cost. They cost some money. They cost some money. They cost some money, but they will get a very nice, high quality plaque nice. for it. So, well, and, yeah. and the cool thing is, is uh, compared to when I was in high school, making a film is a lot easier now. Just go out, buy a GoPro, and mm-hmm. then get some editing software, and you're done. Really, you don't need a lot anymore. I, I'm going to interject and say I don't think it's easier, but I think that the the facility has expanded. Right, the tools that are now available at a consumer level instead of just a prosumer or professional level okay. has become more available. But I'm not going to say it's easier because those cameras back in high school that I had to lug on my mm-hmm. shoulder <laughs> with a VHS tape and okay, physically, in there, and then you'd have easier, to cut the but, tape. Yeah, that was yeah. nuts. But no, it's harder because now anybody can do it. You know what yeah. I mean? You you used to be you'd have to have the money, you would have to have all the equipment to be able to do it, all the resources, and now everything is so cheap, literally anyone can do it. So I feel yeah. like the market is just over-flooded with people just going out there, making really cool stuff, but now there's just so much of it. It's like a podcast. Yeah, it's like a podcast. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, They're everywhere yeah, now. Yeah, no, I remember, you know, it was, I don't know if you guys ever heard of this or if you remember it, about, uh, it was actually kind of one of like, it was the only one of its kind at the time, and it was broadcasting out of Tooele. And this was, we're talking back in like 2000, 2001, and it started getting a pretty big following, uh, especially in the Star Wars community. It was known as Jedi Talk. Do you guys ever remember that? Yeah. Do you know know Jedi Talk? I've never heard of it. I think the hosts of the uh, Fan Film Awards were the hosts of Jedi Talk. Oh, really? Really? I think so. They might have been like there. I don't know about that because there were some things. There were some things that went down. And uh, I know that they kind of left the whole thing because back when they were doing it, the podcast wasn't so popular anymore. It wasn't as accessible yeah. the tools. Yeah. And I think now if they came back, and I love that show, you know, I'd call in at 18 years old and talk Star Wars back when I read the books that don't exist anymore. Yeah, they're gone. Except for in my imagination. And, <laughs> they're, you know, they're, they're, and they're, they're basically my, my, my glorified fanfic. And, uh, you know, that I read a lot as well uh, in high school. I read, like, I read all of them. And, uh, you know, we'd call in and we'd speculate and, you know, when when J.J. Abrams was yet a dream. <laughs> and you know, and you know, we were we were creaming our jeans over the attack of the clones trailer, and so you know, it's just things like that. But like, uh, you know, but I remember they went off the air, and I mean, again, it doesn't make it any easier. Mm-hmm. But I think the tools—it's just another way of looking at it. The tools are just so much more accessible than ever before. Well, to that point, here you have the FilmQuest Film Festival. You have over a thousand submissions. How do you narrow that down? How do you get down to just the cream of the crop that you show to the public? Mm-hmm. Well, we're showcasing 266 films, uh, and that's a combination of the feature shorts, music videos, everything. We actually have a pretty large music video selection this year, and um, you have to watch them. <laughs> uh, some of them you know right off the bat, so you know you don't have to spend all that time. I mean, it's just everything doesn't click. Some films get an advantage because of their category they're in. You know what I mean? Um, you know, it helps their cause. Uh, but um, 
you have some we've we added a few more little judges this year just to kind of pre-screen ultimately i have to make the final call and look we're not going to get 100 percent perfect but we're pretty damn close to having the best <laughs> look if we could take 400 films we would but we can't i would say that there was at least oh i was going to give you that what's up yeah. I was going to try so, to do that, but that yeah, didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. But but uh, we were trying to selfie it here at the uh, at the. Uh, <laughs> at the uh, I need the a show. selfie stick. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah. one in the, right. in the car. In the car. But I think you know we've sh- we've showcased not just the best of what we received in the categories, but um, you know we've uh, we we I think we've done a really good job of picking the best of what came in and uh, it, it got tough with a lot because you only have so much time. And I mean, I, I think there's maybe, there's maybe 30, 40 films that we could have taken that would have had just as good as a place. And maybe who knows, maybe if cards fell differently, could have actually won an award, you know, but so we encourage filmmakers to submit again because you never know what's going to happen, you know, as a result of that. So, uh, I mean, I'll, I could tell you a story about mine. I submitted my, I won't name the festival. But I submitted a uh, horror short I made to uh, to this one festival, and then I ended up submitting to their sister festival. And well, and then what happened was I got rejected by this festival, which was really weird because my my horror short was only rejected by like three or four horror festivals, like period. And it played at over 100 festivals worldwide and what have you. And um, I remember I emailed them because it was just so odd. I was like, was it because it was too long? Like, I, I just wanted to know. I just wanted to know. I, I wasn't mad or anything like that. Then I got into their sister festival, and the director calls me. And I didn't know there was a sister festival at the time. The director calls me like, oh, I love your film. You've got to submit to our other film uh, festival. And I'm like, oh, what's that film festival? And then he names it, and I'm like, it's a festival you just rejected me from, dude. I didn't say that, you know. I didn't say I'm sitting here like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll submit it again. So not only do I end up winning Best Short at that festival, the Sister Festival, I ended up winning Best Short and like five awards at this other festival wow. as well. <laughs> so either a few things happened. Either nobody actually watched it or somebody just like glanced at it and nothing happened because obviously once they saw it, they were like, yeah. So this happens. I mean, things fall into your favor. And so that's why I say don't give up, you know, yeah. and you're not going to – your existence isn't validated by whether you get into a festival or not. Now, was that award-winning short? Was that an evening with my comatose mother? That was it. That was awesome. That was it. That was it. That was it. I think uh, Josh is having a little fangirl moment over oh, here. Oh, are you? Yeah. yeah. Are you a fan? You a fan? Have we talked about this before? Uh, we've talked remember. about. It's yeah. okay that you don't remember me. It's fine. No, I, I remember you. Too. I, I dream I about just, you frequently. If that's oh, anything well, to you, but man, wow. Jerry dreaming about me. Flip. Like, what's going on at this table? This has become an awkward this moment. Is, this is really like... Uh, it's better that it's is, out in the open. Your hugs mean more to me than you know. Oh, man. Even more than Doug oh. Jones' hugs? Wait a minute. Is that a tentacle under this table right <laughs> now? Or what is that? So, so well, you know... It, so Now we're going to tentacle pool. Yay. <laughs> yeah. so, dodging hentai. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, y- you just briefly mentioned <laughs> you right. briefly mentioned Doug Jones. We talked about your horror mm-hmm. short, um, and of course, it immediately calls to mind "Kiss the Devil in the Dark." Getting close, man. I know there's people asking. There's people asking. Uh, we have 180 visual effects shots in that, and uh, it's a 26-minute short. About in the end, and uh, and we don't have a ton of money to do that, but we're trying to get the best that we can out of the visual effects. So as a result of that, it takes time. Uh, but I can say very happily that uh, it should be done for the end of July. 
It's just this festival business has gotten in my way. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's not done by the end of July, it will be done in August. It's it's coming. Very it cool. is coming. And so we'll have a premiere here nice. in Utah, and I cannot wait to get it onto the festival circuit. That's so, where, so so you already have plans to premiere it in Utah. Yeah, yeah. Do you, we owe that to our backers at least. Do you have yeah. an idea of how you wish to unveil that, how you wish to premiere that? Uh, we'll probably do it here, actually, at the Jordan Commons, just because it's central. A lot of people in between um, do at least a 300-seat theater. We'll see how it goes. Um, I know some of the actors want to come out and see it. They've been waiting to see it so bad. Um, but we'll have to see how things kind of shake down. If we get into a few festivals that I have some good relationships with and played with in the past, like in the Los Angeles area, um, we might just do the Utah premiere, and then you'll end up seeing the celebrities at the ones in L.A. or something like that. Well, we're going to have to see how that kind of shakes down as far as that goes. Yes. And I know we get people asking about it every now and then. It's just like, come on, man, like it's independent film. Like we got things going on. I like, just asked Jared about it the other day. Like I, I am super excited. Well, Please thank, let hope, us know because I'm dying to well, see it. Thank you. I hope it lives up to the hype. I mean, I think it's very cool. I think it's a, a and I co-directed it with my younger sister who's here uh, helping with the festival as well. Right. And she actually came up with the story. And so it is a dark fantasy Faustian thing. It's it's different from comatose. Um, not as much humor, hardly as much humor at all. Uh, actually, there's a couple little moments. There's a couple little moments, but uh, for the most part, it's definitely a little bit more sober. And um, and I won't say if it has a happy ending or not. But it's uh, you know it's it's got sorcery and it's got demons and all that sort of thing. But we got to make sure it sells right because the moment things start going hokey, it just takes you out of it. So, but the score is really cool. We uh, we're going to be recording the score with the symphony this uh, this July is the plan, and the sound design will be coming. The sound design goes hand in hand, oftentimes with the visual effects. Yeah, you know, so so those guys have got to kind of marry together, and uh, we're eighty five percent done with the visual effects. So just a few more to go. There's a couple complicated ones still left, but there's just a few more to go. So we're getting there. Well, it's exciting. I yeah. can't wait to see it. Yeah, well, that's thank just you. Let us know so we can... We will. And I've got two music videos coming out later this summer, too. So wow. one that I shot a while ago in the Comatose Mother Universe called Demons, but that's a visual effects problem as well. I don't want to keep blaming that, but if you knew the stories that I have gone through on some of that stuff, that would be a whole other thing. And then uh, I've got another one that I just shot. So. Johnny, where the heck do you find the time to do all these projects, watch... 1,200 films, and then at the same time, releasing all of this other stuff you've got coming up. I do it a lot on the toilet through my phone. Oh, no, okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just, uh, no, I'm just like, uh, but, you know, we got that. We, we, we keep chatting. I mean, things go on. We got this. I don't know what's going on over there. You know, we got this. I mean, we'll get people over here. I don't even know where everybody is right now. I'm just kind of looking. It's just quiet. Hey, anybody back there? It got quiet because you moved yeah. away from the mic. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's got a cybernetic implant, so yeah. he just plugs it in when he goes to sleep yeah. and just it's loads up. You know, I still procrastinate. I'm still a procrastinator to some degrees, right? But I'm getting better. Well, at that it. makes you an artist. Right, right. <laughs> and But I'm getting a lot better at it. And you know what? You know, Nothing helps more like a deadline and like a thousand people counting on you. <laughs> So, like, nothing helps, like, with that more. And, um, but, you know, I can't wait till this is done because this is, this year we're getting the festival to a big place that I've been wanting to get it at that uh, I would have loved to have had it at last year in year one. But, you know, you have such short times and such short notice and stuff like that. And, uh, but now that we're here, now that we're uh, doing this, I mean, this is, this is a template for years to come. And we'll evolve this festival. This is going to become a film and music festival. And we're still going to start introducing that. And being at yeah. the Jordan Commons, you have such a 
much bigger location than yeah. at the gateway. Yeah. And I love it's the nice, gateway. As nice but. as it was, this just seems to be central, and it's a lot bigger space. Yeah, for it's guys. a bigger space. This works for our panels, our workshops. Who knows? Maybe uh, you know. One day, my goal is to be like a fantastic fest, be like a Fantasia, where we can show each film two or three times, where we can literally have the festival. I mean, Fantasia goes for almost three weeks in Montreal. Wow. It's a major cultural event in Montreal. And that's my goal. So one day, you know, I don't think I ever want to take it past the 10 days. I like this format, the Saturday through, I mean, the Thursday through Saturday. I might add a day where you have, like, the award winners on the on the, the next day so people can kind of stick around and see things that they missed. Because uh, you're going to miss it. We can only screen things once. But the long-term goals, this is kind of the format. I kind of wanted to establish these things and let people know what they could expect, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, And I think, you know, we've had a really great community here. I think the next step is the filmmakers are coming. We've, we've got projected 150 filmmakers coming out here. You wow. know what I mean? We've got a screening on Saturday where 28 people are flying in, including possibly, we haven't got 100% confirmation yet, of Jamie Bamber from Battlestar Galactica. Nice. He's in the film. He's nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, coming Look at out. Jessica's face mm-hmm. drop over there. Yeah, over I, there. Yeah. I think we need to come yeah. back Saturday. Loose, <laughs> right there. And uh, yeah, so the, he might be coming out. And actually, we had a film. Unfortunately, it had to drop out because they weren't ready. It was called Man vs. Snake. It was like the next King of Kong. And it was directed and created by the editors of Battlestar Galactica. Oh, wow. Wow. Also, uh, another guy who's nominated for Best Supporting Actor for a short. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he played that rugby player in Battlestar Galactica that becomes a love interest of uh, Starbucks. Oh. And he's him. nominated as well. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and I so know who you're talking about. I can't like remember really his name. really weird though. Battlestar ties this year. Like, <laughs> year one was about a lot of Doug Jones action. This year, it's like a lot of Battlestar action. That's awesome. Like, totally uh, but that's what's going to happen with the genre sale, you know, fair. Yeah. And, you know, eventually, I think we, we're going to grow. And, and, again, I was bringing back the community. We're obviously touching a nerve outside the state and all that. And now it's just getting people out here to come see these movies. Have a good time and just realize that what we're making is not what we're making, but what people are making is good stuff. It's something you got to see. And I, I always tell people, come out and see the movies. You're going to get hooked. You're going to get hooked. And you're going to love it. Nice. So um, I know we're getting to the end here, but uh, we, we discussed how prolific filmmaking tools are now. And you received all these submissions. What do future filmmakers need to focus on in order to be accepted in future festivals? What should they try to uh, polish in their craft? Storytelling. Amen. <laughs> like, I mean, and that's, so, that's such an easier thing to say. But, I mean, like, when you see things, like tonight for the opening night block, and believe me, there's, if you like shorts in particular, you don't want to miss tomorrow night's 7 o'clock block. You really don't, and you don't want to miss the comedy shorts block on Saturday. You don't want to miss a lot. You really don't want to miss, especially this first weekend. I mean, there's great stuff all throughout the week. There really is. Um, but, you know, we kind of plan on how people are coming. But um, if you – originality goes a long way, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you've got something original that we haven't seen before, that's pretty cool. Some people say, like, well, we get zombie stuff all the time. Yeah, you do, but, I mean, we've got a short called Happy Birthday, Mr. Zombie. And it's about zombies celebrating a birthday of another zombie friend. And he just keeps like falling apart and blowing them up <laughs> because he can't blow out the candles because his jaw is loose. You that know what awesome. I mean? And so, but that gives you that's a different take on the zombie yeah. thing. Right. Not it's not a great story, but it's original. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's fun. Like if we're actually getting down to the nuts and bolts of storytelling. Uh, you know, we got another zombie short called Undying, a zombie love story, and it's about a couple who are going through a break. 
wake up, obviously, through their whole um, through the whole zombie apocalypse that's coming. And he, the, the guy can run away or he can try and fix things by becoming a zombie with his ex-girlfriend. And so obviously chooses that, right? So maybe they, <laughs> they have a better chance of making it work as zombies than they do as people. And so, you know, that plays on Saturday. And I just use those as examples. Like, look at the storytelling aspects. Look at this because you don't have to have the highest budgets, although that can help. Because we definitely value um, production value at yeah. FilmQuest because I think audiences value that a lot more. Um, but, uh, you know, go with that. And, um, and just, uh, yeah, I think that's a big thing. I think that's sound advice. It's been my experience that a lot of amateur filmmakers or new filmmakers, they focus on a lot of um, artifice as opposed to art. They focus on, oh, let's have really edgy language and let's throw in some nudity and some incredible violence. And But they they miss out on where's the soul of the film? Where, where does that live? What's the story? What What's the niche? Why would I want to keep watching this? They focus instead on all the surface stuff and then they end up with something that's not substantive. Yeah. Um, not saying that we don't have any of it here, but... Um, <laughs> but I'm pretty good at sussing out the pretentious ones, and it just doesn't it doesn't jive well with me. Like yeah. at me right yeah. now, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know what I mean, like the pretentious. <laughs> it's just like it's not that there's not value to it or anything like that, but you can just tell, like, oh my gosh, this person's gonna take this. They're no, like they're just there's taking not value this. to it, John. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's not value. <laughs> but like, but you know, sometimes like. You know, it comes in all shapes. You know what I mean? I, I just think like I think the things that speak to me the most are when it's something original, when it's well made, has great production value. But also you can just tell because there's almost a soul behind a film that you could tell people are having fun with. That doesn't mean that it's just comedy and like, you know, slapstick or like really loose. But you could just get a sense of something when it's got a real you could tell they were having fun making it. You could tell that that was there and it, it shines through. And um, all right, yeah, yeah. Well, we are out of time with you. I know you got to run. Uh, yeah, well, we got so two minutes. <laughs> okay, real quickly, you know, just let us know what nights and times. Every that, night. That, okay. Every so, time. That, so all the time, every night. So I'll film see quest tomorrow. is tonight. So film quest Thursday, is tonight. Tonight, Friday, and Saturday. So and 18th, 19th, Friday, 20th. Sunday. Oh, and, and Sunday. Monday, oh, and wow. Tuesday, so, and Wednesday. So yeah. it's Saturday of next week. Yeah, it's the 18th through the 27th. It's a thing. Wow, that, it's is, a thing. that is awesome. Uh, let's see. I'll go over some highlights with you. Um, so tonight you got the house at the end of time, okay. house at, which starts in about an hour. And it's going to be a little late because the movie before is running out a little late. So that's fine. Uh, you're that, that is actually was one of the highest grossing Latin American films in all of 2013, uh, Utah premiere. Tomorrow night we have the world premiere of Mythica, uh, yeah. The Dark Spore, the second film in the series from Aerostorm. Obviously, that great shorts block beforehand you don't want to miss. Saturday, uh, fourth, uh, 2 o'clock, we have the animated shorts program, the first one. Sweet. Again, can't miss it. 4.30, we have the, pre- uh, the Utah premiere of The Better Half. Uh, can't miss it. Uh, kind of a supernatural comedy. Uh, also has Chris Parnell in it, uh, Jamie Bamber, uh, a couple other names I can't recall right now. Uh, 7 o'clock, comedy shorts block. Don't want to miss it. Uh, 9.30, we have the Harry Potter documentary Mudbloods, which is our Harry Potter night. So we're telling yeah. everybody to come dress Harry Potter. <laughs> we're telling Very them nice. to come out. We're going to have some loot giveaway and uh, Harry Potter red carpet and all that. 
And we, obviously, we have some Midnight Madness. We celebrate the darker side of things Very here. Nice. So uh, we like that. Sunday, uh, Father's Day, you know, we definitely got some movies going on. Monday is our 80s night, Back to the Future on the 22nd. So at 7 p.m., we're telling everybody to come dress 80s, uh, do the red carpet. We're going to have a big 80s-themed party. Oh, speaking of on Friday night, flashing back just a little bit before we go back to the future, <laughs> is uh, we have a big party coming up on Friday as well. You like that, didn't you, like Jerry? I do. Yeah, you like that. And then uh, you felt me. Uh, picking up what I'm putting down. And, uh, no, that was me. Yeah. Oh, that was oh, the that's, tentacle. That's the tentacle. That, you beat me to it. Oh, that's coming up my leg. Uh, but uh, but go hentai. Um, or should we do it like the accent? Hentai. Uh, so, anyways, back to it. So we uh, we come in. Uh, so Monday night, Back to the Future. Come on in. That's actually tracking really really well. So I encourage you to buy your tickets soon because uh, that looks like a sellout happening. Um, or very close to it. Uh, then we have on uh, on Wednesday, we have the Utah film. So we have FilmQuest Express, the week-long filmmaking competition where teams had a wow. week to make a sci-fi short in five, uh, five minutes. We also have the Utah films. That's where uh, Knights of the Republic is playing, correct me, I, I or is know, it the Johnny, next day? I'm not, I'm not in charge of this. Thing. I don't know. I, there's uh, 266 <laughs> films, dude. 930. Uh, okay, there you yeah, go. Drop go. that. And then at 7 p.m. on Wednesday, I know we're rocking through this, but you asked me for highlights. That's okay. At 7 p.m., we have a really, really cool legacy film that you got to see uh, from Spain called The Dead, the Devil, and the Flesh. The wow. filmmaker will be wow. here. He's 80 years old doing a Q&A. Awesome. Wow. You got to see it. Really, really cool. Um, uh, just, just a cool vibe. Just really different. Uh, we could go into details on that another time. Uh, Saturday, I mean, I'll just skip ahead. Uh, we got cool stuff. We have a big uh, kind of pre-closing night, uh, closing party on Friday, and then another closing night party on Saturday. But on Saturday, uh, right before our closing night film is Super Bob, which stars uh, Catherine Tate from Doctor Who. Nice. And uh, Natalia Tina from Harry Potter and Game of Thrones. And they're actually both nominated for awards as well. And so really funny, really good British comedy. In fact, that's a lot of British comedy and humor. And, I mean, there's, some, there's just great stuff all around. There's things yeah. with really cool vibes. We've got a couple uh, horror shorts that have a really cool hammer vibe. We've got an animated film where they actually took uh, Christopher Lee, rest his soul. Uh, uh, they took his, uh, his likeness and created a puppet out of him. And they have, uh, uh, um, oh, gosh, uh, Peter Cushing, they took his likeness, and it's this whole, it's called the, the mill at Calder's End, and it's this puppet thing with these guys going through to discover this mystery in, the, in wow. this cave. It's just cool stuff. It's just cool stuff, guys. Like, you really, this has something for everybody. We even have family-friendly blocks in the morning. We have tentacle porn. We've got, <laughs> uh, but, you know. And, Again, and the trophy. Yeah, the trophy. The trophy. we got the trophy. <laughs> just keep in mind, you know, use your discretion. Most of these films are, are they're unrated, almost all of them. Uh, you know, as the days kind of progress, it gets a little bit more adult. So in the morning, you're you're pretty much kid safe, and then by the time you start getting late afternoon um, to the evening, it's more PG-13, starts becoming R-rated. So just be aware of that, guys. So nice. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming Thank on the show you. and come back. And yes, everyone, come down, be a part of the festival. If you're not here in Utah, fly here. Drive here. Yeah. Make sure to check out Film Quest on Facebook too yes. for more Thank information. You. Thank yeah. you. And uh, who else do we need to pimp? Do we need to pimp anybody else? Is there anyone else to pimp? What? Doug Jones. Pimp, uh, Brian Higgins. Hey, Brian. It's Jones. The Irishman over there. Yeah. Yes, he helps coordinate our Film Quest Express competition. He's out here to kick it with us. And uh, he's also in Kiss the Devil in the Dark, by the way. Ooh. Yeah. 
Yep, he's got some heart pounding adventures in there, and uh, so we'll uh, we'll see how it all goes. And uh, I don't know, maybe you guys should bring Brian on here after this. You guys keep going. That sounds like a fine ambush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. All right. So thank you very yeah, much well, for having you. me. I want. I look forward to talking to you next time. Please come back. All right, we will. Yes, during That's the great. festival, you guys can have a home. All right. Okay, we're gonna take a small break. We'll be right back, folks. Gentlemen, behold, Dungeon Crawler Radio. <laughs>
I've been here all along With the sound of my new dolphin pet When he chatters away Tip one black night or day Rub your belly and get your lips wet So roll out your accordions And set them on fire And offer their ghosts to the sea And as for the bacon We'll start up the fryer For a party for you and for me And if you be a pirate Blackouts and dragouts and cheaters Come dressed in your rags and your three-pointed hats Come crooks, come scoundrels, come beaters Illegitimate fathers and sons I've got guns, bacon and rum Bring your pegs and your blackjacks and guns And fire the cannons and sound off the bows and Brain Spaniards and drums. I've got guns, bacon and rum. Bring your pegs and your blackjacks and guns. And fire the cannons. Sound up the Moses to beat your brain Spaniards and drums. All right, we're back. Welcome back to Dungeon Crawlers Radio, where things are going crazy, and apparently Josh has a tentacle. It's been confirmed. It's medically true. <laughs> it's medically true. Wow. Today, uh, this evening went in a very interesting direction. But uh, if you are in the area or interested in uh, really cool films, come down to Film Quest. Uh, Jordan Commons here in Sandy, right off of State Street in 9400 South. Yes, it's where I used to go to high school, and it's now a theater. Um, I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> so come, enjoy, uh, be part of this, and there's some pretty cool stuff going on. So as you heard, if you didn't hear jo- what Jonathan said, just wait, and you can download the show later. And then hear what he said about all the highlights. So we'll just go for that. And then we have uh, Brian Higgins. There we go. You are one awesome man. How are you doing? I'm fine and dandy, but when you talk about tentacles, when I first came to America, I had an Asian persuasion, but I couldn't find one that had enough tentacles to float my boat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's awesome. You We're have left speechless. him speechless. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you speechless before. It's called empathy. Yep. And, that, and that's one way to uh, to get the listeners' attention. Yes. <laughs> if my accent wasn't enough. Yeah. So you're involved with the Film Quest Film Festival, is that correct? Yes, I am. Uh, tell us about that. What do you do with them? Um, well, my participation is I run Film Quest Express, which is the filmmaking content aspect of, of Film Quest. Uh, basically, you have five days or seven days. I should know since I invented it, but uh, <laughs> you have basically a week to make a, a fantasy film. And there's five different uh, aspects that you have to incorporate into that. And uh, again, this is the second year that we've done it with with Film Quest, and you know we it's still getting the word out, you know, and we think we'll we'll get a lot more people. So uh, the films are really great, you know. It's it's an opportunity to give people the opportunity to to have the opportunity to make a film and see it on the big screen. So how many people entered the festival? Uh, this year we had five, which is too bad. 
Wow. What was there? <laughs> we <laughs> dropped out as contestants because of scheduling conflicts, and now I'm really wishing I told that guy to stick it. Yeah. <laughs> it so was there a theme this year to uh Yeah, it was we because we we lucked out and had our start date was May the fourth. So that was pretty easy that we did Brilliant. it was sci fi, so we sort of looked at the fan film aspect and then we we had our the elements that uh, so there was a character uh, location uh, and a couple of other things which which if you want to find out those things you'll have to come to the screening to come and see um, but it, it's just a great way to to help people get out and and make stuff you know because in the independent world you make stuff and you may never get a better screening than YouTube you know so what I do with my festivals with Quest Express and all my other festivals it it offers guaranteed screenings and gives people the opportunity to make stuff, you know, so. And YouTube is, is fine and dandy. It's a wonderful medium by which to broadcast your work, but there's truly nothing like seeing your work on the silver screen in person with a crowd of people whose reactions you can absorb. Yep, exactly. And to have the people, um, you know, just feeling that the love and the validation on getting up in front of people and doing a Q&A and talk about your, your stuff. And, and, and that's the beauty of film festivals, you know. And it's—I don't think we'll ever lose that aspect, you know. Even though everything's going, you know, digital and streaming, Netflix, you know, it's still great to come out to a film festival and meet the filmmakers, meet the people that were behind it. And uh, I find, like in in Utah, it's difficult because in my other festivals, I I do get a good response, but it's all like filmmakers that come. You know, it's harder to get the public because people just want to—they're—they're they're worried that they're not going to see anything good. But, of course, it's good because it's all curated. Yeah. It wouldn't screen if it wasn't. Uh, but people in Utah just feel, oh, I can only go and see the Avengers. I can only go and see Jurassic World, whatever, because everyone else says that it's good. And they don't want to take the opportunity. Yeah. But I'm here to say, you know, I, I choose to live in Salt Lake. I'm not just putting this accent on. Uh, but I choose to live here because I can see there's a real great opportunity yeah. to build from the ground up. And we need the, the public to come out because you're going to see stuff. Like you're going to see the next Spielberg or you're going to see the next... Uh, Christopher Nolan, whatever, and you'll be able to say, "Oh, I was there when you know when I could talk to him straight away and and, and embrace his his content." So, well, you bring up a great point because uh, I, I'm not originally from Utah either. I, I'm not putting this accent on either. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, but I'm originally from California, yeah. and moving out here, I was surprised to see the absolute uh, the, the the enormity of the filmmaking community in Utah, the support that Utah gives to filmmakers. Mm -hmm. It's it's a second Hollywood out here. It's an enormous, enormous film community that yep. kind of went under the radar, I think, until just the last handful of years. At least that's when I noticed it. Of course, I live here now. But, yep. but um, yeah, I think this is wonderful that you're bringing this opportunity. Um, does FilmQuest Express have a particular night during this festival? It's Wednesday night. Wednesday night of the Yeah, night. so it's, it's part of the... Because again, we want to. Well, of course, we want to get more, mm -hmm. more people. Like my other festivals, I do get larger groups because they're they're more established. Um, so I have another festival that's happening at the moment that I had 32 films in there. Wow. Um, but with FilmQuest, you know, we want to you know try and cross pollinate and and get it larger. So in order to give people value for money, we we mixed our five FilmQuest Express films in with other Utah films. So yeah. Like the Utah Film Night, and that's Wednesday night at 9:30. So. And all yeah. the filmmakers will be in attendance, and we can. Nice. They'll sure. take photos with you if you want. Now, <laughs> what exactly do they have to do to qualify for this? So it's. Uh, you uh, just 
register. Register, and they have so many days to do it. Yeah, they got it. They've got a week to do it, and a that's week. what's good. Like I, I run other festivals that are sort of in the same concept, like the Forty Eight Hour Film Project, okay. where you've got Forty Eight Hours to make a film, uh, which just happened last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, which is pretty crazy because somebody had a B seventeen, and they made a full on World War Two. Wow. wow. Yeah, like a full on World War Two reenactment in Forty Eight Hours, and it's one of the best films. One of the best short films I've ever seen, hmm. you know, and it's pretty incredible. Wow. But, um, so, yeah, you just need to register. Like, I, I'm very much, you know, it's all about the content. If you've got, a, like, basically I heard Jonathan say, you know, you need the story. And that's that will come across, you know, because it will be the the audience interaction. If you can entertain them just in your story, it doesn't matter about your production value. Yeah. Of course, if you've got a B-17, you've got production value. Yeah. But <laughs> there's other films that are just, you know, really just straight animated. You know, mm-hmm. just one guy, but his story was incredible and everyone can can jump in but like i like to you just use your phone everyone's got a camera in their pocket now you know and it's um and yours is going off it's very my phone is going off uh, i'm that is weird you know and it's full hd you know and it's not about the what camera you use it's, it's how it's the person behind it yeah and people can make like there was a film in sundance last year that won a couple of the awards that was shot fully on the iPhone 5. I heard about that. You know, <laughs> it's incredible. Was it called incredible. Selfie? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's about, you know, how you manipulate your uh, footage. And and what and I, I also have a non-profit in creativity and mental health where I'm helping, you know, people express themselves through filmmaking. Because filmmaking is manipulation. You know, you go and see a romantic comedy, you're going to cry. You know, uh, you go and see an action film, you know, you're going to punch the air. Uh, you're going to, you know, and, and all this comedy, you're going to laugh. And it's just storytelling. And in the mental health world, there's so much stigma attached to people are scared to raise their hand and say, I've got, I'm depressed. Because right. uh, people say, oh, just get over it, just grin and bear oh, yeah. it. But if you oh, I've got cancer, everyone comes running. You know, mm-hmm. but mental health is just as life-threatening. Uh, sometimes more so, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I help people tell their stories through filmmaking. Um, so a way I, you know, it, it's and it's all manipulation. It's it's showing people this is my story in a different way that's going to touch your heart, right? You know, and then they're going to come around and give you a hug. Awesome. Afterwards. That's incredibly important. Yeah. So yeah, so most filmmakers know that making a forty-eight hour film is not easy, and with it usually comes a lot of trial and error and mistakes and all that kind of stuff. As the overseer of the forty-eight or the uh, the film festival uh, for Film Quest Express. Did you hear any, like, horror stories coming in from the filmmakers? Cops showed up, this, that. That always happens at R40. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, well, I always tell everybody, especially these days, don't use guns. If you're going to use guns, (laughs) use them inside because the police do like to shoot people these days. And you don't even need to have a gun in your hand to get shot these days anymore. Um, And uh, so I tell them not to use guns. And there was a a gun story this year um, that somebody said, but I can't really remember. Yes, they... uh, they went to Walmart at 2 in the morning to buy a gun. Oh. They didn't even want to go and buy a toy gun. They just said, oh, no, we're going for full realism. We're going to buy a real gun. Oh, gosh. So they go to, <laughs> they go to Walmart at 2 in the morning, and then there's only, there's only like, one cashier open. And in front of them, some pregnant woman that's trying to buy her monthly supplies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 2 in the morning at Walmart trying to buy a gun. Oh, <laughs> just, come on, lady! Come on! I've got things to do. So it was sort of construed, and no one would believe. I gotta, I gotta go and make a film or two. Oh my god! As long as you didn't uh, buy rope and a mask with it as well. Yeah. <laughs> Duct tape. Those are the things you just have at home. That's true. Yeah, and then there's always ones. There's always crazy stories. Like 
Because people in the forty eight hour people want to make a horror film. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, people yeah, want to make like a, a a cop film or something and um there's always issues if you turn that in a public place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, people shouting So it happened to me um years ago when I when I was doing one in Boston when I first came to America. I uh I, I I came by myself. I came with a suitcase and two hundred and eighty dollars in my pocket. Wow. And I was very disappointed to find out that the streets weren't actually paved with gold. <laughs> oh. Um but I thought, okay, well I gotta meet people, I gotta know people, so I thought, well I'll take an acting class because then I'll be with these people for eight weeks and um I'll get to know them and then we can develop relationships. So in the acting class there was there was me, there was another Irish fella, there was a, a Korean woman and uh, a fellow from Thailand and a Mexican, and that was our. That was it our sounds like class. the start wow. of a joke, doesn't and it? Then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we we decided, well, we'll enter the Forty Eight Hour Film Festival, and then so that was our that was our, that was our team. <laughs> and we pulled we pulled action adventure, and we thought, okay, well, we've we technically got two Asian people, and we got two Irish people, and we got a Mexican, so let's make the triads versus the IRA. Nice. And, uh, oh my god. So, so our plan was, okay, well, of course we've got to get the guns, so we go to Toys R Us. So, of course, the Mexican guy, his auntie has a little corner shop in, um, it was in Jamaica Plain, which is a really bad area of Boston. Right. And our plan was, okay, we'll get the IRA, the IRA will go and they'll, they'll rob the shop, which is protected by the triads, and then we'll start this big, Oh no! you know, this <laughs> war between like two Asian people and two, oh two Irish people. So we go to Toys R Us and we buy some guns and they were called secret agent guns and they had a big white secret agent across them so we had to get the sharpies out scribble out the white thing <laughs> and then at five in the morning the next day we go to jamaica plane and we get the stockings on our heads oh, no. and we go into the the, the shop <laughs> get her and all that and we get a couple of takes before the police kick the door in. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it was lucky that we were in between takes so we had the guns away and i remember the director was you know behind the counter so he could see them coming you know, it was like all the, the paddy wagons just pull up, and um, and he just goes, oh, and the police are here, oh. and they come in, and then and they have the guns drawn, and then we're all, oh. and then they saw the cameras, and then they were like, ah, they're making a effing movie, <laughs> and, and that was like the SWAT guys, and they realized, oh my okay, gosh. they realized, okay, well we're done, this is not, and they went away, but then there was like a couple of older policemen that they just decided this was they were going to take us down, and they. Uh, <laughs> Like, they just couldn't believe that the guns were fake. And he's trying his best to cock it, you know? And well, trying... it did say secret agent. On <laughs> I, know, I know. That's legit. Yeah. And um, so we end up, they took our guns away, and they wouldn't let us finish filming. So we couldn't complete that section. But then the owner of the shop gave us the security camera footage. So we were able to mix that in. Nice. Uh, oh, my God. Very awesome. nice. So we, So it would give it more... Legitimate, so it worked out really well, and uh, awesome. and then we also then we had the outtakes for the police kicking the door in. <laughs> and so, did you get the release form signed? No, no, <laughs> for the, the special features. But it was a great story that we could tell, and of course, I'm sure if that had happened this day and age, we'd be dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They wouldn't even kick the door and they just shoot through the window, and that would be that. So that's one way to get production value there, Brian. That's <laughs> one way to do it. Yeah, I don't need a B17. No. I just need. <laughs> Two Irish people and two Asians <laughs> and a Mexican. And well, we did. We won the audience award that year. So, did you? That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So so you uh, you mentioned that you use filmmaking as uh, almost a form of, of like therapy, <laughs> as a form of assisting people with uh, PTSD. Yep. Um, 
what have you found is so therapeutic and cathartic about filmmaking? Well, for myself, it, it, it like my my nonprofit, which is Create Real Change, and Real is Film Reels. Um, so CreateRealChange.org, you want to find all the info. But it was based on my own recovery from post-traumatic stress, from conflict-based post-traumatic stress. Uh, so four years ago, I was homeless. You know, I was living out of the shelter downtown, living in Pioneer Park. Wow. And uh, all based on my own trauma, my own flashbacks, based on the the troubles in Northern Ireland, you know. So a lot of issues there, and I, I couldn't get over things. You know, it was pretty bad, so my plan was to to do a Nicolas Cage and drink myself to death, you know. So that was my plan, and um, a lot of gun violence, a lot of aspects there. And so basically, I was living with a gun to my head constantly, you know, because the, the real guns... But then the imagined guns that I was that was right. that was right. getting me, and so I'm down at Pioneer Park, and these two little boys come up to me, and they have bananas. Two little five-year-old boys, and they shot me with the bananas. And uh, I'll not go into that, but that a lot of people think that that triggered me, and it wasn't. The, the opposite happened was that the light bulb moment went off for me. And I always think about the light bulb moment because you can imagine like the light bulb above my head going, ping. Right. and I think if um, like Da Vinci or Socrates when they had the light bulb moment, was it a candle <laughs> that appeared <laughs> over their head, or uh, the the caveman when he invents the wheel, like two bits of flint, <laughs> you know? Or the, uh, I always that's funny, but um, uh, so but the opposite happened was I realized, you know, in that exact moment, if those two children are truly believing that um, those bananas are guns. There's no reason why I can't believe that guns are bananas. And I had had some crayons and I had an old envelope and I I sketched like two little um, stickmen but with a banana instead of the gun. And then I I animated that and I sculpted it and I did all this stuff like reimagining what my memories were like if it had been bananas. And then within six months I I wasn't homeless anymore and I was off to the races. Uh, and my flashback changed, my memory changed to bananas, you know? And I can I can interact with it and I can take it take the banana off the guy and I can eat it. Um and that's so in my waking moments I'm fully aware it was guns. You know, I'm fully aware of the power of it. Mm-hmm. But when I'm asleep and the when your subconscious is trying to sabotage you, that's when it's a banana. And that's when I can laugh at the situation and that's why I can take the power I'm not afraid anymore. And so it's all semiotics which is meaning-making, and it's like taking an object, taking a thing, and turning it into something else through perceptions uh, and communicating that way. And that was what I started. That was the origin story, my origin of superhero, mental health superhero. Um, And that's now what I teach. You know, I help people find their banana, you know, and take away the pain and the power that they're stuck in. And I've I've done two TED Talks about it, about the semiotic, perceptions and communication so right. so it's it's a good thing so yeah that's amazing so giving people a voice for their films and saving lives that's just what you yep. do and it's thursday yep. yeah and it's people like it's like working up at the va uh a bunch of vietnam guys you know that have held on to their troubles for 40 odd years yeah and then they work with me for two hours and they the smiles you know the the communication they um and just how they can move forward and it's, it's just incredible because, as I say, mental health so much stigma and people are just stuck in this world of, you know, not being able to move forward. And then, But they work with me and they can communicate better. And then again, you know, they, that's why I, I love to do the screenings 
because then they're getting applauded, they're getting the self-esteem, and they feel, okay, now people want to actually know me. Yeah. So, so that was makerealchange.org? Nope, that was createrealchange.org. Oh, excuse me, <laughs> createrealchange, and real is R-E-E-L, yes. change.org, mm-hmm. uh, where they can find out more about the work that you're doing. Yep. And, uh, of course, for the next 10 days, Film Quest Festival over at the Jordan Commons. Yes. That indeed. is fantastic. Brian Higgins, thank you so much for being on Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Thank you. You're awesome. All right, we're going to take a small break, and we will be back. Chances who knew that they'd pay off. 
Welcome back to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. We are still here at Film Quest Film Festival. I, I that always trips me up having to say that Film Festival after Film Quest. Film Quest. Film, film Quest. Film Festival. Film Festival. Uh, we, Festival. So yeah, I know. 
We generally broadcast live from Gamers Inn, located in Lehigh City, Utah. That is I-N-N, not Gamers in Lehigh. I know some people are confused with that. Um, as well as uh, some people have, have been complaining about the die. They have a die on as part of their logo on their uh, sign outside, and some old lady stopped in and or not stopped in, excuse me, called in, making sure they weren't a gambling location oh, because word. gambling is illegal oh, here. County. I just rolled with it, man. It, it was hilarious. Right <laughs> Did you know that you have a die, a dice on your sign, and that's? I, I just want to make sure you're legal, yeah, and not doing something unscrupulous. Well, whenever I run an illegal operation, I make sure to have a large, enormous sign. <laughs> That promotes exactly what I'm doing. Like yep. this one time when yeah. I was selling heroin. Yeah. <laughs> well, you are a teacher, so this works. <laughs> I'm the new Breaking Bad. <laughs> so are you announcing My that you have some weird... Flawless. Flawless, yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious because yeah. I, I, I can't even begin to imagine the gambling game that would be done with a D20. <laughs> That would really suck. You you only get it, it, you get triple value on a twenty, and on a one you're screwed. You have to give up your house. I, I think <laughs> we're onto something. We should make this take happen. this to Vegas with me, Josh. Yeah. Take this to. Well, me. They, they they do have a D D slot machine. That doesn't count. So I mean, well, we, if we make them durable yeah. enough, we could take D one hundreds, take them onto a golf course, and really amp this okay, thing. Now well, we're that, getting a, we got to start baby steps. <laughs> no, now. if you take a D one hundred, it's pretty much a golf ball. That's right, with numbers <laughs> on each. <laughs> That's right. Some poor innocent fool is gonna get pinged in the head with one of those. What the crap is this? A fourteen? What? <laughs> I have a vision in my head of people in golf carts playing polo. With one of these D100, yeah. <laughs> full contact rules. This is going to be okay. brilliant. So, so since we're talking about this, so E3 has been this week. We're going to jump into geek, a little bit of geek news here. Ha, did you see what they're doing with uh, Minecraft? Yeah. Where oh they, it's pretty much going to be the future of where you go to log in to play your D&D games. It's the demo heard around the world. Yeah, pretty much. I, everyone I know has been talking about this and just going like, Okay, I'm never going to be able to sit at a table with anyone anymore because we're just going to log in at home and we're going to play that way. I'm going to look awesome, but, but I'm never going to talk to my friends again. <laughs> For those who have not seen the demo, describe it to them. Uh, I'm not going to describe it to them. It's I mine. will. It's Minecraft. Go ahead. I'm not a, I'm not a Minecraft so fan. So Microsoft did this really awesome thing where they took their new HoloLens, their mm-hmm. VR equipment, which they have previously demonstrated with Windows OS, uh, using in-the-world physical gestures to move uh, uh, windows, virtual windows around uh, on, from the wall to the table to the floor to wherever you need to go. Um, the HoloLens creates an augmented reality interface for your applications. And so they said, hey, there's this little thing, don't know if you've heard of it, called Minecraft. And uh, what if we were to make an augmented reality interface for Minecraft? Mm-hmm. And so now, in a completely 3D realized world, through the power of HoloLens, you can take Minecraft, place it on your table, place it on your walls, build it out using your hands, voice commands. It's. I, I turned to my wife and I said, "Look, it's digital Legos." <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's brilliant. There. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's genius what they can do with this. I'm gonna have to try it because 
I don't like Minecraft. That's just me. I know there's probably other people at this table that like Minecraft. <laughs> uh, uh, what? I don't. I don't. Well, um, it's okay because they also had a HoloLens. Um, but Halo. Halo. You're yeah. right. But if I get if it's in that that type of virtual reality where I can plunk it with my hands like Legos, I may convert. You know, it may be like religion where you convert to it. I, I'm, yeah. Well, the danger, the danger here, I, I don't know how many of you are the fans of the show or are fans of um, uh, Red Dwarf. The BBC. I love I Red love Dwarf. Red Dwarf. Smoke uh, Mate Chipper. I know. On uh, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's dead, Dave. They had to create their own TV network to do more episodes. Well, they, it's awesome. They had in that show and in the books, they had something called Better Than Life BTL, and yep. the problem was it was that it was that era's drug. It was so good, it really was better than life that people would not leave the simulation. I think Microsoft might be at fault for this. Maybe with the Hololens, like if you yeah. see Minecraft in that demonstration, there's no way that people are going to play Minecraft using a PC or a Mac ever again. No. But the only problem with that is they, they went back and did Agatha Christie stories. I mean, come on. They could have done something awesome like Star Wars or something like that. Right, no. because Star Trek with the holodeck never did anything like that. No. No, no they did not. No. <laughs> they did really cool mobster you know, ones, and they, they, you know, there was that pirate ship. And in the time that they fought Moriarty. Yep. Who convinced them that they weren't on the holodeck anymore. Yes. You guys are nerds. Okay, so no, but for real, one day we're gonna see Microsoft have their logo against every screen in the world, and the logo is gonna melt, and behind it is gonna read Skynet, it, because it, it is literally taking everyone's lives and consuming it with this like amazing. If, if people just to be more descriptive with the product, you can literally see 3D almost like holograms lifting up out of yeah. the table yep. and 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 play Minecraft literally like Legos. It is it's insane. These demos are great because they've outfitted a camera with a special rig so that the camera can perceive what a HoloLens would perceive and you can see what the demonstrator is seeing. And then they pull away to a second camera that does not have that rig and you can see that it's just an empty stage with a box and a chair. And then mm -hmm. they go back to the Holo camera and it's ridiculous the responsiveness of HoloLens based on this demonstration. Now, I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to tell you right now. I'm a huge Sony fanboy. Microsoft and I, we cool. We do work together, <laughs> but, but I'm a huge Sony fanboy. Um, but this demo kind of blew me out of the water, even as a Sony fanboy. And my, my biggest concern is I've seen Microsoft do tech demos on stage that were not entirely accurate to the realization at the consumer level. Really? Hmm. You can yeah. only play this if you have an internet connection. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad they backed off of that. But to their credit, this year, E3, they announced reverse compatibility. Which is, which is nice. brilliant because that was one of the reasons I would, wasn't yeah. going to get the Xbox yeah. One. Because I don't want to you know all yeah, these games that I've collected, yeah. which are awesome, like the Batman Arkham games and mm -hmm. everything else. And then it's like, okay, it's out the window. Unless I keep my game... You know, I, I still kept my Xbox because most of the games, even though they said it was backwards compatible, they wouldn't play on it. If you click on the Microsoft announcement for that on Facebook yeah. and read the comments, the top like 30 are, I already sold all my games to buy my <laughs> Xbox One. No! Yeah. I know. <laughs> <Crazy>. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> um, Says Microsoft. Yeah. Like, so, it's okay, you can buy him again. We don't want him. <laughs> okay, so so let's talk about this. So Star Wars Battlefront. Yes, oh, Amazing. Yes, oh, man. I, I have to say, it, I haven't bought an Xbox One. I hate PlayStation. I really do. I had my PlayStation 2, and then I left and went to Xbox. Um, I, I Yes. I just watched the demo, and it's like, this looks awesome. I mean, I still have my other ba- ba- Battlefront games, and they're okay. They're cool. Uh, but I play this, them every day still. I, I do. I do. I do. I do. I love it. But I'm sitting here looking at this game, and I'm like, I feel like I'm in the freaking movie. Yeah. The a- the AT-AT is walking past me, and you look up, and it's like, it's Mama. Yeah. No, now, it's yeah. absolutely incredible. Now, if they get the hollow thing working, and then you could play that, and... You know, because I know they've been talking about designing a wallpaper that you can put up in a room, and it has micro projectors built into it. That it, the whole room, it pretty much becomes your holodeck. Now, oh. if you could play Star Wars Battlefront in one of your rooms in your house, and it literally always feels like you're in there, how amazing would that be? It's BTL. It's better than yeah, life. it would. <laughs> it's, like literally. it's literally, hun, I'm going to hop. I'll be back in an hour. Take your coat. <laughs> I have a, a lot feeling of something like that is in development. <laughs> have you guys heard of the virtual reality theme park, The Void, yes. coming out yes. in Utah really soon? Yeah, we yeah. talked that about that on the kinda, show. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that t- kind of technology is here, and it's being mm-hmm. presented that it way. Is. At E3, like we mentioned before, they had a, uh, a demonstration mm-hmm. of Halo 5 in the uh, the hollow glass. Yeah. And so you could literally run around one of the, the, the decks of a pelican or whatever and interact with your environment in a halo reality. Yes. That is coming. And no, Nintendo it is. is like, we, we have a new Metroid. Well, hey, the one thing I'm going to say about <laughs> Nintendo is they know their market. They know that they are not going to be the next Xbox or PlayStation. They're they going, could have been. They could have. I completely they could have. hate that, that explanation. I, they I could have. You. That's but a they've decided, okay, because of poor decision-making, they're going to target the kids that hooks them into the video games and hooks their parents into buying their video games for them. And let's face it, how many times have you gone and said, dude, I want to go play Nintendo again or Metroid? Now you're getting a cool Metroid game. You're going to play it. I guarantee it. When I say that, I'm talking about my GameCube and my N64. Yeah, I have one. I'm not talking about my Wii, and I I don't have any desire for the Wii U or the Wii FM. I I don't have a Wii U. No, no. I don't don't have the Wii U. I have my Wii. Um, I mainly play Mario Kart on there. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, And Mario Party. See, and that was that's oh, and oh, oh, and my Star Wars lightsaber battles. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Waggle your way to victory. Yep. Way to go. <laughs> yeah, it's not really fighting like with a lightsaber because you're just kind of up and down, and I can defeat everything, but I can pretend. My my daughter will turn four next month, and uh, and for all you well, okay, we'll get on that topic later. But anyway, she turns four yeah. next month. She has always loved video games magically somehow. I think it really is genetic. And uh, her, one of her first games that she cut her teeth on was Lara Croft and the Temple of Osiris. All right. Wow. Like, she, she loves that game. She loves playing together. Whenever the babysitter comes over, she gives them instructions on how to play. Um, wow. My six-year-old's playing Cookie Monster <laughs> on the Wii. She plays... And I have uh, to put the Cookie Monster cover over <laughs> the Wii remote. She... She plays Lego Marvel. She plays Lego wow. Hobbit. Which is, That's which, awesome. And the, reason, the only reason I bring this up is um, 
I realize that Nintendo has found a way to make lots of very quick money. Yeah. But it's money with no longevity. That's true. They a they, lot of the games have no longevity. You know, the Star Wars game. I was, was bored with it over in a week. The only right. thing that's cool is I get to do lightsaber battles, whenever sure, I want. Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I, I realize this is sort of like a religious topic. I totally get that Re- religious political. Because we're talking about Star Wars. Because we're talking and and <laughs> Nintendo. Okay. Um, but uh, welcome I, to the Church of Nintendo. I, I realize that you transitioned from PlayStation to Xbox. Yeah. I transitioned from being a hardcore Nintendo fanboy from. 8-bit NES and Game Boy all the way up through GameCube as soon as the PS3 happened and the Wii was announced, it was over. It, yeah. it, I completely switched sides. I had a PS2, never had a PS1, but I switched over to PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, and I've never looked back. And it kind of yeah. breaks my heart because I believe that Nintendo was the original, like, uh, they were the innovators. They were. They, they were. But then they, they made bad decisions. Away. Terrible decisions. Because... The original PlayStation was supposed to be their next-gen console. And the designers made a cartoonish Zelda game. And they're like, no. And they scrapped it. And Sony's like, hey, this is awesome. And then they jumped, because they were designing it, they moved forward. That's the PlayStation. Now we got cartoony Zelda games. So I don't know. (laughs) It's like, wait a minute. Um, Well, and in their defense, if any of you saw the Sony press conference, they're also making a cartoony Final Fantasy game. They are. But that's okay. Um, you know, and then they're remaking Final Fantasy VII, which looks it looks amazing. Cool. It's pretty, but my only thing is, is it going to ruin everything that we loved about that game? Because we're getting parts that were supposed to originally be in there that aren't now, uh, that really? weren't in the, in the original game. Yeah, Eris was supposed to come back to life. You don't get that. Hmm. Now, are they going to put that back in? Are they going to change it? Are they going to tweak it? Is there going to be some tie-in to Advent Children? Who knows? One of the greatest um, decisions I think Microsoft ever made was updating Halo for the next-gen consoles. Yeah. That blew me away. Yeah. So, and I'm not a Halo fan, but that, that blew me away. So good. And I'm hoping it's kind of the same route with Final Fantasy because, again, it's a story that everyone's grown attached to. Everyone knows it's it. It's a great story. But it if is. they alter it in this remake, I think it'll, it'll really upset some oh, yeah. people. Well, see, Square Enix has done that. I mean, look at Final Fantasy four or two for the U.S. people. <laughs> That's been remade for the DS, and they altered that completely. I'm playing it currently on my DS. Uh, and I'm just like, wait a minute, this didn't happen. Um, you know, and they did that with 6, or 3, if you're following um, the number system for the U.S. It, That's right. Yeah, and so, what they came, they, we got better graphics, We got, it was cooler, kind of cartoony, but they changed things. So I'm afraid they're going to do it again. But, hey, we'll see. Um, the other really cool thing that came out uh, E3 that was announced was the uh, the new Transformers game, which looks amazing. Generation one, uh, it's got that cartoony feel, just like some of the uh, Dragon Ball games that have been out there. Uh, and you get to play the Autobots, you get to be Optimus Prime, you get to be Bumblebee as the Volkswagen, oh, which the only way has to be, yes, it uh, you know you can be Grimlock. So if you want to go toting around as a Tyrannosaurus Rex, you can do that as well as uh, Will Jack and Sideswipe. So pretty awesome. Got really cool graphics. Uh, I mean, And they did Devastator correct. He didn't have anything swinging back and forth in between his legs. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Michael Bay. Yeah. And he's huge. I mean, that was one of the cool things of the trailer, is you have this big building, and they're fighting in this thing, and you see this massive hand slam diamond on top of the building. It's like, oh, that's so awesome. Uh, yeah, the little eight-year-old in me was like, 
Squee. I I love reminiscing about when Saturday mornings were about cartoons. Dude, Saturday mornings were awesome. Mm-hmm. Now they suck. They yeah. really do. They do. I, you know, my kids wake up and they're like, you know, Saturday mornings, you know, the knock on the door. Can we have breakfast? Yes, go eat. It's 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> I want to sleep in. Can we watch a show on Netflix? Whatever. Go away. Watch a cartoon. Saturday morning cartoons are eradicated for the most part. They, right? they're, they're, they're gone. gone. There is they're no they're station gone. that plays cartoons anymore. So other than, you know. Cartoon Network. Yeah, Cartoon Network is like the cartoons are disappearing. Well, they are, and they're or they're being replaced by cartoons that really aren't supposed to be cartoons. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Yeah, stuff that like requires a a, a parent to get you yeah. in first. Well, yeah, the one thing I did really like that uh, they did have, you know, like they had Young Justice. They had some really, you know, or even Teen Titans, and now you got this weird Teen Titan looks yeah. really little no, bubblegum versions. Yeah, yeah, and and they're not even it's not even cool. Six thirty. On a Saturday, that's the only day that children want to wake up at 6.30 in the morning. That's right. And get up, Dude. go downstairs, make sure the parents don't wake up because they totally ruin it for yeah. everybody. And go watch your show. I would go watch Transformers and He-Man. And as much as Voltron, as much as I hated G.I. Joe, I still watch G.I. Joe and got my, you know, now you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, my moral lesson for the week. Generation gap between you guys and me, I'll admit it. But uh, my Saturday <laughs> morning cartoon... Still consisted of Animaniacs. Looney, Looney, uh, I watched Animaniacs, Animaniacs, Animaniacs religiously every w- weekday. The so much, so much that Gargoyle. we okay. So, so Utah, Utah, they send their kids on a handcart track. We sang all of the Animaniacs songs the entire That's three not, and a half days we were gone, and you really were never allowed back. Again. All the way up. <laughs> I mean, we were. We just kept singing the songs, and you know. And our dad uh, of the track, we kept coming. We were just like, can we call you Dadu? You know, and we called him Dadu the whole time. Dadu. Oh, my God. I, it was awesome. You know, they've never let us go back on another one. And we drove, you know, our Trek parents nuts because we kept singing the songs over and over and over again. But, um, Yeah. It's just sad to think it's all gone. It's well, all done. Well, it My is. kids will never you know, understand what Darkwing Duck. You know, oh, yeah. DuckTales. Darkwing Duck. Uh, you know, uh, even watching, uh, what was the one that was based off the Jungle Book characters? Uh, Tailspin. Tailspin. And, and yeah. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Yes. Even though if you just left out Rescue Rangers, that would be a very <laughs> different show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, there was a lot of great cartoons and a lot of fun Stuff that we could do on Saturday mornings—it's gone. It is—it's gone, um, and it's so frustrating, you know. And the other thing—the kind of stuff that, that kids watch now—it's—it's. It's, I don't know if you guys ever tuned in back in the day at Adult Swim when they would turn on all of like the hippie. I'm—I've got a joint in my mouth right now, and I need something to watch. Yeah. Programming. Yeah. It's, it's turned it's into, into the that. kids' programming. Yeah. I watch some things with my kids sometimes, and I'm like, "Whoa, what are you watching, Cartoon Network?" And they're like, "No, it's Nickelodeon." I'm like, "Okay, well, what?" <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I we've we've come so far away from traditional animation and we've gotten into this cookie cutter, computerized, mamby pamby nonsense. And here we are. We're actually now you guys can't see this cuz you're, you know, radio and stuff, but uh That is awesome. But we are watching the the teaser of gameplay 
from Transformers yes. Devastation. And it this looks awesome. like a, a super high quality 1985 cartoon, yeah, cartoon show. Yes. That is just ridiculous. Yes, it, it's it is beautiful. Up. Bumblebee is a Volkswagen when he's a robot. He and he's little, fighting Megatron. And he's fighting Megatron. And who kicking is, some butt. Who is a Ruger, right? Yeah. I mean, like, and and Bumblebee when he's a robot, he he has a Viking helmet with horns. And yeah. Just this is the way it's supposed to be. This well, and this is the one of the the few things that's kind of bugged me. And I know we don't have a lot more time, but Megatron's gone from being the old gun that we're used to to like some tank. Or a weird tanker truck or whatever. And, you know, thanks, Michael Bay and other people. But it's just been – this is really cool because kids out there are going to be able to play the old Transformers we loved, the Transformers we're used to. And, of course, we're going to be playing those Transformers as well. But it looks like it's a really easy, fun gameplay. And you're not on your own. There's uh, The other Transformers that you're not playing are also, as we saw, Optimus jumped in the battle as well. So that's pretty cool. Um there's just so much that we're missing out on. Um, no more Saturday morning cartoons. There's some really cool stuff coming out. But uh, So we're going to be throwing stuff out at you on the website, on Facebook page, and stuff like that for Film Quest. We'll update you with that. And then uh, next week we have Johnny Worthen coming on the show, Mr. Tie-Dye himself. I've never seen this man not wearing a tie-dye shirt. <laughs> uh, he's a great author, super funny, lots of energy, um, probably make uh, Krebs over here uh, run for his money because I literally... Why, are there tentacles? <laughs> there could be with him. I don't know. And it's bad. Oh, snap. I know. The tentacles are bad. They are. They're, they return constantly, apparently. <laughs> they never left. And, uh, well, obviously, he's sitting right here. Um, so we're going to... We'll talk with him, and we've got a lot more cool, exciting stuff coming on uh, down the pipeline. Um, talking with Wizards. Uh, they just asked us to be part of the book tour for R.A. Salvatore's next book that's coming out uh, in August. Or no, oh, no excuse me, October. Um, so we are going to be a part of that book tour, which is going to be pretty cool. And uh, we got, let's see, we got um, Salt Lake Comic Con coming in September. And wait, there's just a lot of cool stuff. And maybe something showing up on Monday we'll be announcing. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I don't know. Do you want to announce that? We got like 60 seconds. No? No? Just look <laughs> next week. There might be something awesome happening next week. Let's just say a certain project is in development. And, uh, yes. We are excited to and you're going to love it. We're very, very excited. Yeah. Yes. And we're about as excited to see that as we are playing this Transformer game. <laughs> we got 30 seconds. <laughs> Your oh, your, your mic just broke <laughs> out. No one heard that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> Broken Souls, 9.30 Wednesday. Go watch the award-winning Star Wars fan film. Yes. I really need to. It's fantabulous. And apparently I have to retire that mic cable. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. All right. Twice. All right. We will catch you next week. Uh, as always, tune in. If you missed part of the show, go ahead, download it. You can catch the rest. And come check out the uh, FilmQuest Film Festival. It is something that you will enjoy, love. There's a little bit of everything for everyone. And we will catch you next week. Be epic. Don't suck. <laughs> Never. Eat a dragon. <laughs>